Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Today is a special day uh, for any of you that have been a part of Encounter Church for a while. Uh, Traditionally, the first Sunday in January is what we call Shredder Sunday. Um, And usually Shredder Sunday is a day where we decide that we are going to go into the new year and shred some things. There's some things that we need to leave behind in 2021, some attitudes, some perspectives, some mindsets, some habits, all the things. Some of it needs to be left behind. And so uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what Shredder Sunday is. Um, And part of what we do for Shredder Shredder Sunday is we share testimonies. Um, So I am going to invite Anne to come on up. Um, And Anne is going to share a testimony. And um, I'm going to go ahead and get her a mic. And uh, church family, we in the family room. So we doing something new this year. Go ahead and take a seat. I'm about to take a seat because we in the Encounter Church family room, okay? And we just about to sit down and talk real, you know, keep it 100 up in these Encounter Church streets. You know what I'm saying? Pastor Portia preached about being your authentic you on Friday, so that's what I'm doing. I'm being my authentic me, yeah. all right? <laughs> all right, so, um, Anne, first of all, thank you for being here thank you for and being willing to share. Um, would you like to just share briefly a little bit about how you came to know Christ? Oh, okay. <laughs> she, I, I, she wasn't ready for that. She was ready for my second question. She wasn't ready for my I first question. I wasn't ready to be here. <laughs> she just approached me and said, okay, whatever the Lord says. Um, so when did I? I actually grow, grew up knowing Christ. Um, I was raised Catholic. And my mom is actually, my parents are very, very um, faithful. I wouldn't say religious, but really faithful. And so they're the ones who introduced Christ to me. And um, I've been going faithfully to Catholic Church. And I'm one of those who, if I'm sick, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't go to church. And I'm like, God is going to get mad at me. And my mom says, no, he won't. He knows your heart. And so I've been blessed that way that she's raised me knowing him. But then I saw um, a lot of people with passion for Jesus. And I'm like, why are they raising their hands? What's going on there? Like, I can't raise my hand before. I'm like, ooh, no, not, a, not me. I'm not going to do that. It's, it looks crazy. But crazy me, I'm just like raising my hand there and just looking like crazy. But I'm crazy for Jesus, so I'm, I'm happy with that one. Did that answer your question? <laughs> That's how you came to know the Lord. Yeah, through my parents. But um, I wanted to get to know him personally. And so I was hungry, and I just kept on asking, how do I become like them? What is that? What's in them? What's driving them to raise their hands and jump for joy and dance? And as I asked that question, and I, and I, I want to be like that, and God has answered that slowly. You know, I started like, okay, and then okay. <laughs> And now I'm all in, yeah. All right, so, so you were curious, and then you was hungry, and then you tasted and see, and then you got crazy. I got crazy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to make sure I had that right. Correct, you got it. You now, were you, were you a little bit crazy before, like kind of crazy, or just not until after? My kids will tell you I'm crazy at home, but <laughs> I got really crazy. Yeah. Oh. 
insane. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Intense. Intense. All yeah. right. I would do that in my room, yeah, in private. I do that, so. Okay. Yeah. So you was hungry. You went in, got you a little taste. Yeah. And now you're crazy. I am so free. <laughs> okay. Crazy for Christ, okay? Crazy for the Lord, right. yeah. Track with us. Track with us, y'all. <laughs> so, you know, 2021, I think for many of us, was quite a roller coaster ride. Um, and I'm sure that we all have been through a number of different things. And um, just as I was saying how God is good and God is faithful, um, I know that God has been good and faithful to you. Um, and I know that there are many things that God has done in your life in this last year in the same way he's done a lot for all of us. But is there one thing from 2021 that you feel like God has brought you through or something that God has done for you that really stands out uh, from this last year? So if I may, if you indulge me, I'd like to share a little backstory. So in 20, um, 2017, I actually got into an accident where somebody fell on my shoulder. And so um, I didn't know the extent of that. But as the months passed by, I found myself unable to move, unable to move my hand, unable to sleep, unable to sit for a long time, unable to walk for a long time. And so I was go like half of my body um, was not working very well. My spine was not working very well. And to raise my hand caused me a lot of pain. And so, but nothing stopped my worship. So I would raise my left hand. I tried to raise my right, but it's painful. But I raised it just the same. And I went through therapy for depression because of what was going on. And a lot of people didn't know that. And I told my therapist, you know, I don't have a lot of energy. Like if this is the baseline when you wake up in the morning, my baseline is here. And for me to get up here takes a lot because of the pain, because of the depression. And I've learned not even just time management, I've learned energy management. So the little energy that I have, I pour it in here. And my therapist says, well, that's a great way to spend your energy worshiping the Lord. I said, after that, after worship here, uh, if you see me at home, I'm actually in bed because that's all I have, right? I just, I spent it. And um, at night, I couldn't sleep because I'm in so much pain. I would sleep on my left side. And the time that I could sleep is when I'm so tired, crying out because of the pain. And I would just cry and cry until three in the morning. And that's because I'm tired. That's when I'm able to sleep. And um, so it was really hard. But th and not, the medications really weren't working, so I've had a lot of injections, and they were thinking of surgery, and I said, what are my chances? Like 50-50, like, oh, I'm not going to take that chance. I'm going to take my chance on the Lord, right? So um, really, I went through that difficult season in my life, and all throughout, I am so grateful that we are here because uh, we, we're just loved by Pastor Steve and Portia, the entire leadership have constantly been praying for us. Pastor Terrence, Mama Linda, Papa Dwayne, everybody. Um, and then we plugged ourselves into encounter communities, and that has helped us also through the week because you know how depression would set. It, it sets in maybe all the time. So, um, yeah, so that has been a difficult stage in my life. But I have found in 2020, through that journey, um, Christ has truly healed me and has called me, and, and I'm able to sleep. Uh, listening to Psalms 
And that's how I sleep because it's so calming. I said, the words of God are really just beautiful. So I would sleep playing psalms and and I could hear David just like, oh, God, do this to my enemies. And I'm like, go, David. So I'm like cheering. <laughs> so yeah. So all my pent up anger, there's anger and pain. It, it kind of just get, got washed away. And I think what 2021 has done for me is to, to bring me to a closer relationship with the Lord and just in an intimate, like really intimate relationship with him. Because the world is, was so noisy. As you said, it's up and down, and it's the, uh, that roller coaster ride. There's so many distractions. There's so much negativity. There's so much hate. There's so much anger everywhere you look. There's pain. There's suffering. There's anger. There's brokenness. And I said, God, I can't, I can't just see all of this. And plus, apart from what I'm seeing, there are thoughts that, I'm, that would take me into the dark, dark places. And I surrendered everything to him and I said I don't want my thoughts I want your thoughts God I don't want to hear what I'm hearing I want to hear your voice I don't like what I'm seeing God I want what you're seeing so I asked for his intervention because I couldn't save me the medications couldn't save me the doctors couldn't save me my thoughts couldn't save me and so I ask for his word. I ask for his voice. I ask to see what he sees. Even in people who sometimes would hurt us. But I would ask, God, what do you see? Show me what you see. And I cannot do that if I'm apart from him. I can only do that when I am beside him. And so at night, I would also, when I am tired and I'm sick and I'm in pain, I really would imagine myself, my head resting on his heart, on his chest, so I could hear his heartbeat. And when I do, I just feel love and that overwhelming love. And it fills me. Because there are times that I would just hate the situation. And there's anger and there's pain. And I didn't know what to do with that. But he washed those away with his love. And he really showed the simplicity of the gospel. It is about love. Because he loved us, right? Because of his love, we're all here. Because of his love, we're all created. And so all he wants, really, and what he's doing is he's calling his people to a greater intimacy with him because when you're with him then you have everything and I started writing my love letters to him and every morning I would wake up and I would write dear God dear father dear Jesus love your daughter Annie <laughs> Annie to him <laughs> so I started writing to him and in my journaling in my seeking, because he says, seek me, and you will find me. And so I want you, God. I want you so badly. And so I seek him. And when I seek him, he reveals certain things in the scripture that I'm like, whoa, I didn't see that before. And so because I'm seeking him, 
and I'm so grateful those are the gifts. So, yes, 2021 has been up and down and up and down, but I felt so secure. Does that make sense? I just felt that he shielded me from all of it, and he cradled me, and he just held me in his hand, and he has answered all my prayers. I mean, beyond my wildest imagination. So I am so grateful that he answers the prayers of our children. Very grateful that my husband, Rick, has been very supportive to all of those. And I, I don't know how he's able to sleep because I'm just like crying at night. So, <laughs> And uh, grateful for Maisie and Jojo and Charles. So, yeah. Is that's a long No, no, girl, you good. We good. <laughs> we in the family room, okay? We in a, look, the pulpit is gone. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you another follow-up question. So a few of the things I heard you mention that you were battling with this last year uh, were depression, pain, and anger. And I think that for many of us, we can relate to different negative feelings and emotions and battles that we have and when we come together on Sundays and we're worshiping and we're greeting each other, how you doing? Oh, girl, I'm good. I'm blessed. You know, we don't really get to see the extent to which we are really battling and we are all walking through something and that everything ain't roses and sunshine in our life. And I think that, you know, that's, that's a reality that sometimes we don't acknowledge or, or address or talk about. Um, and as I heard you share about some of those things that you face, some of the ways in which you <clears throat> addressed that was to, I heard you say you prayed the Psalms. Um, I heard you say that you prayed to God and asked God to take away those thoughts that were not of him, and you asked him to give you his thoughts. Um, I, also heard, I also heard you say that you wrote love letters to God. Um, and so those were some of the things that you did in response to those feelings of uh, depression and anger and to the pain that you were feeling physically and probably even emotionally, I imagine, as well. Um, but you know what? I What I love about what you shared is just um, your strength in being able to reach out to God in that way. Because I feel like sometimes when we're going through things, our response is either to run towards God or to run away from him. And sometimes it can be easy to sit in our anger and let it fester into bitterness. It can be easy to sit in our depression and just get stuck there. It can be easy to sit in our pain and just accept, well, this is just how it is, and I just have to live with this, or I just have to accommodate to this. Um, but something has to rise up in us and say, no, nah, that's not what God has for me. Um, and so maybe you could share a little bit, what was it that prevented you from staying stuck in that place of pain and depression and anger and what really like fueled you to actually pursue God and run to him because I mean like I feel like that's really like the hardest thing to do when you are deep in your feelings and you're deep in your emotions one of the most difficult things to do is to get up get up get up get up get up out of that grave Get up, get up, get up, get up out of that. We in the family room. But, I mean, seriously, that's one of the most difficult things to do. So what fueled you? What is it that got you to that place to where you say, you know what, I'm not going to sit here and be stuck in this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to God. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, there's a lot of things, but let me just say, I think it's really honesty with God because 
when I, my therapist actually said, find joy. I said, joy? What does that mean? You know, because of my depression, that actually took away joy and a lot of things. And I didn't even have the strength. So I really cried out to him. I think it's crying out, getting into a place where you're really crying out to him, like, God, help me. Um, I don't even have the strength. And then there's the scripture that I actually quote most of the time, and it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength, or is it the strength of the Lord is my joy? Either way, it works for me. So I hang on to that scripture, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and God, that gave me strength. And the strength of the Lord Almighty is my joy. So I think it's really going to him. And my mom, um, who, who, who passed last year, my rock. You know, she's the one who, who showed me God. And she's always said, live. Live. Live for your family. Live for your children. Live. Because, and it was hard because she wasn't here. She's in the Philippines. And I would have calls for hours. And I would bear my heart heart and my soul and my faith for her. And she says, I want you to live. And she passed away last year, and I wasn't able to see her because of COVID. I couldn't fly to the Philippines even if I had to. And I, and I thought I was going to die as soon as he died because she's really my, my best friend. I mean, I, I'm grateful I have my best friends here was hard. So she, she gave me the encouragement every night to just keep on living and keep on staying close to him. And she shared how her, her own sufferings and having somebody around you who could, I think I could just say that reach out. Don't suffer alone, right? We're all here. I mean, you can come to us as Pastor Ashley said, you can come. We can pray for you at a distance, right? We can pray for you. We can hug you. We can give you things that you need. But reach out. Don't suffer alone. We're here to pray for you. We're, God is with you. I mean, more than anybody, he is with you. He wants to hear your pain. I mean, he already knows it, right? But he wants you to be very vulnerable to him. And when you do, when you cry out to him, he answers you. And you will feel him. And Pastor Patrick kindly says, he's here, right here. So reaching out to him, I think, is what really helps. Just be honest. Just say, God, I'm so mad. God, I'm in so much pain. I don't even know. I can't even get out of the bed. I can't even sleep. I don't know what position to take. I don't know how, you know. I, I, my, my family would say, come on, walk with us. I said, no, I can't. You know, just go. Because there are times when we're walking, I would just stop because of the pain. Sometimes it's shooting, sometimes it's tingling, sometimes it's just like, can you just cut half of the body and just sleep? Or, you know, it was really much, so much pain. But nothing is beyond God's power. 
everything with him is possible. So I am healed. I declare I am healed. I am grateful. I am joyful. God is good. God is awesome. So when you see me, if you see me, just go crazy. That's because God has been so good. And if we're crazy for our, you know, NFL, you know, games and all of that, for our um, stars, for the the concert kings and queens, whatever you call them nowadays, or you're, you've got Instagram influencers. I don't care. Really, I don't. Uh, my greatest influencer is Christ, the, the one who I will cheer for and only cheer for is him. And, and he is everything. He is. When you ask, who is he to you? Is he your provider, your healer, your best friend? To me, he is my all in all. That's, I can't say it any more than what it is. It is. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's intimacy with God. Intimacy, yes. Intimacy. I like how you summarize things because I could be, go on. <laughs> Call me the summarizer, okay. So, yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Anne, for sharing your testimony. Everybody give it up for Anne. All right, we just doing a little decor shift, but we still in the family room, okay, y'all? We still in the family room. Um, I love that Anne talked about intimacy uh, because for those of you that were here on uh, Friday night, we had our New Year's Eve service, and Pastor Portia uh, spoke a very powerful word for us going into uh, the new year, and she talked about how we need to return to that place of intimacy with God. Um, and, you know, I think that as we transition into the new year, you know, some of us, we like to start out the year making our resolutions. We have all our goals for 2022 all outlined and set and ready to go. Uh, we have all the, you know, things that we want to resolve to do or that we want to change. And then some of us, we just like, I don't make resolutions. I don't do that. Like, I'm just going into the new year and I just, you know, have good intent to do better. Um, but, you know, I think it's important for us to have intentionality. We have to be intentional about pursuing God and pursuing intimacy with him. We have to be intentional about those things in our lives that need some time and attention and need to change. So part of what Pastor Portia shared was how uh, Pastor Mike said that our theme for 2022 is a new you in 2022. It's about to be a new you in 2022. And that's kind of the general you know, theme every year and as I was sitting and just processing and reflecting on that, you know, I just was like, I don't want 2022 just to be another new year. I don't want it to be just another time for me to hop on the train of New Year's resolutions that, you know, I set out to accomplish or achieve these things. And then come February, I ain't doing nothing on my list of things that I said I want to resolve to do or my goals list, I don't even know where it is. It's somewhere folded up in a corner. I don't wanna go into this new year 
the same way I was last year. And as I was reflecting, I was just like, God, like, I really want you to do something new in me. And I feel like it's very clear and it's very evident that for us as a church family, God is doing something new in this church. And the Bible is very clear in talking about ways in which God makes things new and gives us new beginnings. And if we would just look at his word, we would see that there's a new nature that God wants us to have. And so there are some things that we need to leave in the past and we need to embrace and accept something new in this new year. So I'm just going to give a quick word of encouragement. Pastor Terrence said, take my time. I'm going to take my time-ish. <laughs> so new you in 2022, it's about being the authentic you. That's what Pastor Portia said, being the authentic you, being the person that God has created you to be. That's the authentic you. Because what we have done throughout our lives is we've gone through different experiences, we've gone through different relationships, and we have allowed things to attach itself to our identity that is not our authentic selves. It's not who God created and designed us to be. But because of experiences and things that we've walked through, we begin to take on things that God did not intend and embrace them as, imp as part of our identity. And so the second thing Pastor Portia said was close the door and go to the place of intimacy with God. And I feel like Ann did an amazing job at describing that, which she didn't even know. She didn't know what I was talking about today. She didn't even know I was talking today. She just agreed to do the testimony. But she said she began to pray the Psalms. She began to pray to God and be transparent and vulnerable and say, God, I know these thoughts are not of you. I don't want these thoughts. I want your thoughts. She began to write love letters to him. That's intimate. And I want to be honest and just say, church family, if Sunday mornings are the most intimate times that we have with God, we've got it backwards. Sunday mornings cannot be the most intimate times that we have with God. Why? Because everybody up in here, we all are here together. The purpose of the church us, the people, the body of Christ, we are supposed to come here to edify one another, to build one another up. That's why we're here. We do have intimate moments with God in worship where we're just, you know, connected with God and we can shut everybody else out. But this, this building, this facility, this place, this is not our place of intimacy with God. Our place of intimacy with God has to be at home when we go into our closet of prayer and close the door. Close the door to the distractions. Close the door to people, to everything. And we can really just focus in on who God is and allow him to speak to us. And you know, one of the other things that Ann shared was that she would cry out to God. People, I'm an introvert. I know sometimes people think that I'm an extrovert because y'all see me up here doing announcements and such like that. But I'm an introvert. When I get home after church, I'm going to go to my room, be by myself, and chill and have a good time and refuel because that's just how I roll. And there are times when I am with God and I'm dead silent and I don't say anything. And those are some of the deepest encounters I have with God. 
And there are times when I get on my knees and I cry out to God and I scream and I holler and I look ugly. And those are some of the deepest moments that I have with God. And we need both because God operates in seasons. And there are seasons where we go through things that are a little bit more difficult or a little bit more challenging. And I just got to holler to the Lord. And there's times when I could just be still and know that he is God and just sit there in his presence. It's both in. I'm not going to go on the rabbit trail, but we know that we live in a world that's trying to polarize everything. We got to pick a side. I mean, you need to pick the side of the Lord. Don't be confused about that. Kingdom of light versus kingdom of darkness. We in the light, okay? We're in this army fatigue because I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. I'm my authentic self. But we need to be open to how God wants to meet us and encounter us in that place of intimacy. And sometimes our biggest barrier is our mindset and our perspective. Because we go into a situation thinking God needs to respond a certain way. Or God needs to speak to me in a certain way. God needs to bring resolve to this situation in this way. (laughs) And God's like, my ways are higher than your ways. So whatever you think, you're right here. He's like way up here. I can't even reach. And so we have to get to that place where we posture ourselves in humility to just sit with God, to just be with God. And you know what? We can be in close proximity to someone and still not be present with them. That happens to us sometimes on Sundays. We come, we're in close proximity to God. We're in worship. The presence of God is here. And sometimes we don't feel nothing. We're in close proximity, but we're not actually present with God. And even though God is omnipresent, he's everywhere present all at once, he still wants to be invited into our lives. He still wants an invitation to, for him to be present with us. And not only that, but God's word tells us that we should abide in him. God's word tells us that we should have the mind of Christ. That we should be the aroma of Christ. That anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone and all has become new. We got to be with him if we're going to be new in 2022. We have to abide in Christ. Be with Christ. Not just be around Christ. We have to be with him. And it's both and, because sometimes in church we get it a little twisted. We think, oh, you know, there's this whole list of sins in the Bible, and we just got to avoid those things and not do them. And then we good. You know, we got our ticket into heaven. You know, admit one, we good. (laughs) That's not how it works. The way that we are really going to become new in Christ, the way that we are really going to become transformed, It's not by avoiding sin. It's about being intimate with Christ. Because when we really begin to be intimate with him, our appetite changes. The things that we desire changes. 
I used to have a drinking problem <laughs> back in the day. Started in high school. It was, it was you know, in high, I shouldn't be drinking in high school because I wasn't 21. But, you know, just a casual thing that I did on the weekends with some friends. Went out to college. Next thing I know, you know, I was drinking a few days a week on the weekend. You know, Friday to Sunday. Then all of a sudden, Thursday got added to the list. Wednesday got added to the list. Tuesday got added to the list. And literally, there was a point in my life where every single day I was drinking. And I was in college, and me and my friends, we would party, and we would drink, and we would go to the dining commons and have breakfast at 5 a.m., and then we would go to sleep and skip class and start the party all over again. That was my life. And so September 25th, 2004, oh, Lord, I'm aging myself. Help me, Jesus. That was the day I decided to give my life back to Christ. That was a long time ago, oh man. But when I gave my life to Christ, and I chose not to abstain from sin, but I chose to actually pursue intimacy with God, my appetite began to change. I didn't have to walk around and be like, okay, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. Here, you want to drink? Oh, n n no, I'm good. I got to abstain, I got to abstain. No, what did I do? I pursued God. And all of a sudden... I didn't want it. Now, let, let's be clear. On September 25th, 2004, I didn't just put the cup down and never took a sip again. That ain't my testimony. Okay, let me just keep it real. It was a process. And I eventually got to the place where I had to put it down for good. Because I didn't want that in my life. And I didn't desire it anymore. If I go to a wedding and they have in champagne, if I take a sip of that champagne, am I living in sin? No. But I don't have a desire for it. I don't need that. I don't want that. Why? I don't know. Because I've been intimate with God. And so as we embrace a new you, in 2022, the only way we can do that is really by embracing God. We have to choose to be intimate with Christ. We are not going to make it on our good church attendance. We are not going to make it on our good intentions and our good motives that sometimes we don't follow through on in our actions. We have to be intimate with Christ. And so, before we get to the shredding, um, I want to take us to Colossians chapter 3. Um, do you guys have that up there in the media booth? If we can go ahead and put that on the screen. Colossians chapter 3, you can turn there if you want to. Um, we're going to start at verse 1. Let me get my e-Bible. So this is an encouragement from the Apostle Paul that I believe is an encouragement for us today as we step into this new year. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, 
Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Ann said it. Those thoughts that come to our mind, those thoughts of self-defeat, those thoughts that say this is just how it is, that we need to accept this. We need to think of the things of heaven. Verse 3, for you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. We have died to that old life. And there is still some of that old life that still needs to die. And our real life, I'm just repeating what the words say. Our real life is hidden with Christ in God. My life is hidden with Christ. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the world, excuse me, to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. I'm going to say that again. Once I find it. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. We all got some sinful earthly things. And they creep, creep, creeping, lurking. That means it's in the secret. It's in the hidden. Sometimes we have things inside of us and we don't even know that they're there until somebody triggers us the right way and we just pop off. And all of a sudden, them ugly things start creeping and lurking out. Put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Isn't that encouraging? I never get to share feel-good messages. I always say that. I just want to be like, you blessed, you highly favored, amen, go home. Um, we need to put to death those things within us that are really causing us death. And that's what living a life for Christ is. It's dying. <laughs> we have to die. We have to die to ourselves. So I'm going to just go ahead and I'm going to just share this right quick. So I was talking to some of my girlfriends and um, all of my girlfriends I was talking to for this particular conversation, we're all single. And so, you know, we do what single ladies do. We talk about men. We talk about our future husbands and what qualities and characteristics we want. And, you know, some of my girlfriends, my sisters in Christ, they got a whole scroll they got a whole scroll of qualities, characteristics, attributes, accomplishments that they have or desire in their future spouse. My list, on the other hand, is probably the size of a post-it. And not even a regular size post-it. It's like one of them small little post-its. And the first thing on the top of that list of my post-it of, you know, desires for a future spouse is 
I need him to be saved for real, for real. And, and, and that's just, um, and all my friends know, we know number one is he needs to be saved for real, for real. He needs to be saved for real, for real. And filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues of the Spirit, give utterance. And, and that's just the first thing on Ashley Nation's post-it list, okay? And um, if you know anyone. <laughs> you have not because you asked not. Um, anyways. Oh, maybe I need to ask the Lord, not y'all. Um, so me and my friends got to talking about this whole, like, say for real, for real. And I just kind of went off on this little rant. And I was like, yeah, you know, he needs to be saved for real, for real. Like, I mean, he got to have, like, a real relationship with the Lord. He can't just be playing. He can't just be showing up to church. Like, he got to be ready to die. Like, he got to die to himself every single day. Like, he got to realize that his life is not his own, that he got to give it up to Christ. And, you know, God just got to be number one. Like, he just got to die. And so my friends is, like, looking at me like, I mean, you're right, sis, but okay. And I'm, like, going off on this rant. Um, and you know what? The reason I feel that way is because that's what I have to do. I have to die every day. I don't get to decide where I go, what I'm going to do. As I was reflecting about this last year and thinking about some of the things that I accomplished, a lot of the major things in my life, I did not make that choice or decision. December 2018, Many of y'all know I became a licensed minister that year. I did not wake up and decide one day that I wanted to be in ministry and that I wanted to be a licensed minister. That was the last thing I wanted to do because I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. It was a whole situation, and ministry was not on my plans. Going to Bible college was not on my plans. Getting my master's degree was not on my plans. I came from a family where most people didn't finish high school. Some didn't finish middle school. So, you know, I was doing something just to graduate high school and then go get a BA. I wasn't trying to go get no master's degree. I wasn't even trying to come to Encounter Church. <laughs> I was, honestly, I was minding my own business. Ran into Pastor Stephen Portia. Told them I had a little vision about them. They was like, oh, we know exactly what that means. Series of events later, I came to them and I was like, I think God wants me to come to your church. When I think about a lot of the things that have happened in my life, I did not choose those things. If I had chosen, I would have been on a completely different path. Because one thing that I learned in my place of intimacy is that when I really get intimate with God, my will has to die. What I think is best has to die. What I want has to die. That's why I got to post it for this future husband. Because I'm like, okay, you know, it's good to have a couple non-negotiables. I mean, I, I just feel like that's healthy. You know, God is in that. But I don't need a whole scroll. You know why? Because God knows better than me what I need. And so even when I don't feel like doing something, it doesn't matter if God's word is telling me that I need to do it. If God's word is telling me that I don't need to give in to a spirit of fear, then I don't need to bow down to a spirit of fear. 
if God is telling me that greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world, then I need to believe that and accept it and not let my feelings and my emotions and my situation and my circumstances dictate what I do and what I don't do. I'm not in control anymore. And I have to tell my feelings, you need to have several seats because you're not in charge. And sometimes it takes me a while to get there, okay? I don't always be there. Sometimes it takes a minute to get there. But we have to die. We have to put this flesh to death. Because if not, it's just going to run us ragged. And we're going to be doing all kind of stuff, not knowing why, not, how did I get caught up in this situation? How did this happen to me? We need to put to death the sinful nature. Let me keep reading these scriptures. Verse 7, it says, You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. I just want you to know that I'm just, I'm reading the Bible. I'm not saying this. The Lord is. I just want that to be clear, Um, especially as I go into verse 9. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. So we got it, right? Our old nature is sinful. It's earthly. It craves the things of of this world. It craves greed, all these things. We need to die. We need to let it go. This is how. Last verse, verse 10. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. That's the key. I'm going to read it one more time. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Some of us need to memorize that scripture. Colossians 3.10. We have to become like him. And it's a continual process. We don't change overnight. And we want God to change us overnight. Why do we have that expectation? Because he's all-powerful. And he could do it. And sometimes he does. But he needs to take us to a process so we don't, we know, we get them, them growing pains, as I call them. So we don't creep back over into that old nature. Because sometimes when he gives us that instant deliverance, we forget real quick and we find ourselves back over in our shady situations. But we have to go through the process of allowing God to renew our mind, to transform us, to change us. And that only happens when we are with him. And it has to be consistent. It's like your 2022 workout plan. You can't just work out once or once every three weeks and be like, oh, I'm a fit fiend. Like, I'm about to be looking good. No, you got to be consistent. You got to show up every day. Stop going to Chick-fil-A. That's what I'm about to do in 2022. I'm going to go less and get a salad. (laughs) Getting a salad with the grilled nuggets, amen. It says we have to know our creator and become like him. 
We have to get to know him. And we're not going to get to know him just from coming to church on Sunday and hearing a good message. We have to get into the word for ourselves. We have to get in our prayer closet and close the door and go to that place of intimacy where nobody else is at but us and God. And that's when we become like him. And that's when we become victorious. And that's when we become overcomers. And that's when we become free. I'm going to just say this, you know, Ann talked about, you know, how she went to therapy. I went through some therapy last year. It was a game changer. And God blessed me with this awesome pastor therapist. Amazing. And some of us, we need to go to therapy to work through some things. But one of the best therapies is getting with the greatest therapist there is. Being with him. Because there's a power that he has that nobody else has. And he wants to give it to you. And we have to realize that just as the word came forward about us being our authentic self, we have a job and a role as the body of Christ. You have a strength, you have a talent, you have a gift that I don't have that we need. If we're going to fulfill God's kingdom purpose as a body of Christ, Everybody needs to be who it is that God has created you to be. We need you. And the devil lies and tries to tell you that you don't matter. That you're off to the side. That you're not going to measure up. That you don't have that person's gift. That you can't do it like that person. You ain't supposed to do it like that person. You're supposed to do it the way God created you to do it. In God's kingdom, ain't nobody sitting on the sidelines. We all in this. All of us. And God has purposes and plans for you that are greater than you can think or imagine. Your best ideas. God's got something better. One of my friends always say, Jesus always slides through with an upgrade. Every time. Every time. And there's no bugs. Thank you, Lord. And so we need you to be the authentic you, the you that God created you to be. And it's very simple. I mean, you know, when I was first thinking about what I was going to share, I was like, oh, maybe we're going to talk about 21 lessons I learned in 2021. No one has time for that. Let's just keep the main thing the main thing. We need to be intimate with him. If we could just do that one thing, like if we could just embrace that one value of this year, the only one thing I'm going to do is pursue intimacy with Jesus Christ. I mean, that's a game changer right there. I think I made my point. As I mentioned, this is Shredder Sunday. And so part of what we do on Shredder Sunday is we take a little time to reflect and examine ourselves and think about what are some of those earthly things that I need to put to death? What are some of those things that I need to leave back in 2021? And um, we're going to give everybody a little handout here. It says Shredder Sunday. And on the back, I want you to think about those things 
and write them out. And we're going to put them in the shredder, and we're going to pray over them. Um, so I'm going to impromptu call on some folks. Wes, if you can go ahead and come back to the keys. And then I'm going to pick on um, Macy and JoJo and Justice and Micah, because y'all close to me. Can y'all pass these out and make sure everybody get one? Don't leave the balcony family out. And um, I know this is very different from our usual Sunday service, uh, but we just need to spend some time just reflecting and also in prayer, asking the Lord, Lord, what do I need to put to death? What is in me that is not of you? What are those sinful things that are lurking around in me that I need to let go of? And as we're identifying what some of those things are, we're not just making a list of our sins, but we're naming those things so that when we go into our place of intimacy, our prayer closet, we can have that moment of authenticity and transparency that Ann talked about. That moment where we could just bear our soul and our heart out to God and tell him what we're really battling with, what we're struggling with, what mountains and giants are coming up against us that seem so overwhelming, but we know that he can give us victory over. We need to name it. Even though God knows it, he knows what we're facing, he knows what, we've, what we're battling, he wants us to come to that place of intimacy with him where we cry out to him, where we call to him, call out to him, and we tell him what it is that we're going through. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.